You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is your host, Noah Scott, signing on with another incredible guest today. Our guest today, Hannah Hermanson, believes that dream life is real life. We deserve to live our dreams, but sometimes we need a little help along the way. As a business consultant and CEO of Done For You Copywriting, Hannah is a powerful catalyst for coaches and digital nomads looking to scale their businesses and take control of their marketing. Hannah helps clients leverage the right people, processes, and packages to make their dream life and business real. So when she's not coaching, writing, or supporting her dream, Hannah and her husband are enjoying their expat life in Mexico and sharing their dream life travels on YouTube. So Hannah, it's exciting to have you on the show. We just, so Hannah invited me to her podcast and we just kicked it off so well. I'm like, you got to come on my show. So here she is. Welcome to the show, Hannah. How are you? I'm wonderful. Good to be here. I think we have so much to talk about today. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, to start off, do you want to just fill the listeners in a little bit about, um, you know, I mean, it's such an exciting bio, but maybe just fill in some details about who you are and what you do. Yeah. I mean, hearing that every time is like, how are, how did we get here? Like who gave me the keys to this life? And I'm like sitting in someone else's like house and business. It feels like sometimes, because I definitely haven't always been here or even been entrepreneurial. I mean, I didn't have my first taste of travel even until partway through college. I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin and really thought that I would get my Toyota Corolla and my 401k and my cubicle. And that is what I would be doing for, you know, 30 years of my career. But I've had some interesting twists and turns and opportunities that have brought me here. So originally I was an academic advisor in Wisconsin, go Badgers, any uh, Wisconsin Midwest people, you'll, you'll appreciate that. Um, but I knew there was something more than just sitting in that cubicle. And one of my outlets that I found was playing hooky to go do yoga at lunch, my lunch break. <laughs> and that gave me a lot of like, you know, breathing space, literally. But it also started to expand my network to other people who were in a yoga class at noon on a Wednesday, right? And I was really curious about these folks. They were not doing what I was doing with the rest of their day. They weren't on that quote unquote traditional path of like, do the right thing, get a job and work for the weekend. And I started asking questions. And this is when I really started to get exposed to startups and entrepreneurship and even personal development that really shifted my path to more of this um, business and dream building lifestyle that I'm in now. Incredible. And so, so I think everyone can see why I was really excited to have Hannah on the show, because, you know, as this is the big possible, trying to create that dream life is really what the theme of the show is. And so we just kind of express it in different ways. But I think I would, I would love to hear a story from you, Hannah, about a time that, you know, in your personal experience that you were reaching for something that was just bigger than yourself. Um, and what you had to do to get through that? Like, how did you you know, what was going through your head at the time and how did you prevail? 
Yeah, well, let's just zero right in on rock bottom. Okay, so these wonderful people I met in yoga had um, led me to an organization that was bringing yoga and mindfulness into our local schools. And what, like, that's a job? People can do that? That sounded amazing. And I started really getting behind their mission and seeing how, you know, if we impact one teacher's well-being, what that means for the classroom, what that means for the next generation, like, this was a massive movement. And they offered me a position that allowed me to leave my cubicle nine to five job and move to San Francisco. This is all like whirlwind within a couple of months. I start going to yoga, this thing snowballs. And it felt at the time like, this is it. This is like my opening. This is my calling. This is like my path being laid out in front of me. And I'm going to impact these teachers across the globe. Let's do it. I, you know, got out of my lease. I sold a bunch of stuff. I took five Rubbermaid containers from O'Hare to SF, San Francisco, and weeks. I mean, my boxes weren't even packed. Um, I'd started going to some schools. I started like getting into the rhythm out there, um, but my boxes were still unpacked. And they said, uh, "We can't afford you anymore. Never mind. This is what happens in startups, Hannah. Like, best of luck in San Francisco." And okay, I had totally uprooted my life, but I had this taste of what was possible with this, this mission that they were on, that I wasn't willing to let it go, really, um, even though they had let me go. And so I have very vivid memories, and I even write about this in a chapter of Life Lessons and Success. It's a book on Amazon that I've written a chapter for of just sitting in this apartment, tiny apartment. If you've been to San Francisco, right? This It, it looks really good in the movies, but it's not as livable as you might um, dream of. With my red Rubbermaid boxes, just like, what do I do? Do I go back home and eat my words and say, I was wrong, I'm back. Who can hire me? Like what? I, no, I knew that wasn't the kind of spiral I wanted to go down because I had had this like exposure, but I had no tools. I had no network. I had no idea how I would, you know, be a coach or teach yoga or anything like that. And so there definitely is, that was my rock bottom moment, but it was because of exactly what you're saying, Noah, that like, it wasn't just about like, yeah, of course there was the thinking of how am I going to pay rent, but it was like, I'm not just going to go back into my old life or fall back into that. Now that I see there is more possible and there is another way to do life and service and business. Um, and that was six years ago now. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so what were, what were some of the things that you were feeding yourself to keep yourself to keep the courage going because I think that's that's part of the challenge that whenever we hit a wall and this is at the edge of our comfort zone this is the edge of what we're familiar with the instinct tells us to uh, give up and go back to what we're familiar with what what are some of the just the things that you were fill, filling your mind with so that you could discover the playbook discover the path forward yeah, I love that question because it was exactly that. Everything around me told me like high alert. I don't know, like my environment, like I'm telling you, I had this crappy apartment with like no one and nothing, but it was exactly what I was filling my mind with and choosing to believe. 
So I very much dove into the personal development space and really appreciated mentors like Jack Canfield and just starting to learn some of the power of positive affirmations and visualizing where you're going, not staying stuck in where you are. And boy, I love a good vision board, right? Like I ate all of that up. I even remember going to a FedEx to print these things for my vision board, like doing the homework that I was reading in these books about painting it, you know, changing your environment. And I print out, you know, me on the beach and me speaking to groups and me having people call me. Like I had all these graphics and I go to check out and it was like $16. And I was like, Oh, that's a lot. I don't know. Should I do this? Like, is it worth it? The $16 at the time it was okay. I still have that vision board because I have fulfilled so many of those things. And so it was this commitment to believing in the possibility, knowing that where I was, was not stagnant. I mean, change is the only constant. And if I knew how quickly things could change in business and change in my life, then I really believed thanks to vision boards and mentors and positive affirmations at that time that I could continue to make changes and improvements in my life. So at that time, it was Jack Canfield, the success principles. Yeah, I got into the secret, all of that good uh, personal development stuff at that time. It's so epic. All right. And, and so now you've got the mindset going, you're feeding yourself this positive vibes, you're feeding, you know, you're, you're believing in the journey that you're on. What would you say would be like the, the, and this could be, you can take this in your personal journey, or even just in the, in the things that you're seeing with a lot of your clients. What do you think is the single most powerful form of leverage to make the dreams that are out there and a reality? All about energy, all about energy. So, um, one of the things that I talk to folks about is business strategy. And there is that like masculine, this is what you have to do. And the same thing, like at that time when I was trying to figure out how am I going to do this? Sure. There were like programs and homework and things that I had to do and like check off my list, but none of that matters if my energy or your, anyone's energy is off. And when I made a shift from focusing on, this is what I have to do, you know, this, I have to make my vision board. I have to do my outreaches. I have to get my coaching certification. Like when I shifted from leading with that doing to leading with the feeling, like the feeling is the way that we do those things. I know this is so like nuanced and woo woo. And like, it is so it's so in the finesse because everything that we're doing is an energy game, right? This is the like quantum physics idea here. So I made that mistake of just like doing the thing, hustling, pushing, forcing the work. And I see this with my clients all the time too, where it's like, okay, I have to post. I have to make a website. I got to do all these, I have to's. And if it's coming from a place of have to or scarcity or forcing, it never does resonate. It never does land. It never does quite end out like you intended. But when we come from a place of my cup is full, I trust the process, whatever is for me will come, whatever needs to go can go. And we really become more of this observer of how the work works. And we're not as attached to, you know, the exact process or outcomes. For me, it has been reminding myself on a daily basis that 
my job is my energy. My business is energy. My goals is energy. Like the, the labels we put on it aren't as important as that feeling that we start with. Mm, wow. And you know, it's so wild is I really needed to hear that. It's there's the thing about growth is it's never done. There's always another level. And the moment we start to get intimidated by that next level is the moment we stop believing in ourselves. Mm. And you need to go back to those foundations again and again. It's like going to the gym. You don't just go one time and you're set. It's, it's a practice that you need to implement in your day-to-day life. And having that, you know, like you said, that cup being full with gratitude every single day and the zest to show up to be a part of your mission. I mean, it's so powerful. Okay. With that said, though, let's, let's get into some tactical things or practical um, what are some of the, the, the things that you found to be particularly helpful in terms of just getting, getting the first element of traction for a, somebody's new idea, some, somebody's new business, um, so that they don't have to guess? Mm-hmm. Traction, yeah. I think we talked about this a little bit the, on the last time we connected when you were on my show, just like how it really is underneath our nose the first few steps and like what we need to do. And we oftentimes know what that is. And so before I get into this, I want to just remind us all that like businesses and ideas have been cultivated for eternity. And right now in this day, time and moment, we have so much noise in front of us that I honestly think are kind of obstacles for when we're just starting out like social media, websites, digital everything like and it's sexy and it's shiny and exciting and how grateful am i that we live in a time that we can leverage all of those tools but they're just tools and what business and ideas actually rely on are people real life human beings (laughs) Mm -hmm. not the algorithm not your like account not any of that kind of stuff so Setting aside that, knowing it's there, that you can leverage it later, starting with relationships and getting in conversation with real people. I mean, when I was in San Francisco, I literally hit the sidewalk. I was like, all right, I had this great gig teaching yoga and they like helped get me certified as a wellness coach. What do I do with that? And I literally hit the sidewalk and I started going to yoga studios and I started going to gyms and I got myself a little like opening the gym job. And I met a lot of people and I talked to them about what was happening and they connected me with other people and programs and like live events that were in the city. And I didn't even have a Facebook at the time. And I think, again, it's like, it's so simple. It's right in front of us. Your neighbor might have an idea. And so I know it can be intimidating to share your big vision with people who might not share it. But if you're listening to this, you're already connected with people who do have big visions and who do believe in the possibility. So it's about finding those champions, finding those people that you know um, you can share big ideas and you can talk about potential with. Because for me, like the answer has never been in a book or a course or like Google search. It's always come from people and the network. Mm -hmm. So hit the sidewalk. If you're just starting out. Totally. It's, it's so fascinating. That's one of the things that we always at, at the retreats we do. I, I always compare uh, the, the, the guests as pioneers and, and they're, they're, they're out there at the edge of the frontier, this uncharted land. But the good thing is that 
next to them are other pioneers who they can share the map that they've discovered on their journey. And together you start to see the world with so much more perspective. And so when you just say, hey, I'm lost, where do I go next? And you, you lean on the support of your community, you're able to really tap into so much more. Um, with that said, what are some of the ways that you have found really helpful in, in creating a supportive community and, and finding real deep connection with the people that, you're, that you keep in your life? Yeah, I want to, I, this is totally related. As you're speaking, I feel so inspired to share it. There's a poem out there called Find Your People. And the more that I play this business game and really life in general, I feel like the, the moves to make or how we play this game of life is about finding our people. Like even here, we had our, our fridge broke the other week and it was like, who can help us with this? Like we live in Mexico. So I don't necessarily know all the best places to get electronics in Mexico, but it was just, it, what, we didn't even think about where do we go? How do we fix this? Like we really, I really do think about like, who can help me with this? Who else knows more about this than me? Cause I don't know anything about refrigerators. So that is the question to start asking yourself. Who do I know who, who can help me with, who might have this thing that I'm looking for? Um, and when you get down to like having the more of the business structure and you're looking for clients, it's the same thing. Like who has my clients? Where are my clients when you're looking to like generate leads? Um, so that is one question to start with. And this like tactically is an exercise that I give all new clients because we, we get this block when we are in this kind of conversation. I get this too. Someone asked me like yesterday, one of my clients, clients and whatever friend she's like um because she's learned this from me she's like what single men do you know who I would match well with and I was like blank I literally was like I don't know anyone who's single right now and then I was like give me a few minutes let me write this down because we it's like a natural thing I think when we're like put on the spot like who do you know no one I I only know my dog you know (laughs) so I give this assignment um it's called a hundred person list and it's just to create cognitive dissonance, just to give your mind the challenge of like, you know, a hundred people. Now, don't go to your Facebook friends because we all have like thousands of Facebook friends. But the goal here is to like sit with a blank sheet and think about who are a hundred people in my network who might have something that can support me, right? So maybe your tax accountant or maybe a podcast host that you've connected with, or maybe all the people you go on retreats like Noah with, right? And if you can... Get, most people get to like 50, but I want you to think about getting to 100, okay? Then give those folks a grade, A to F, backgrounds in academia, so there we go, A to F. A players or A people on your team are the folks who you know you could call up and would be eager to hear something or like they're in entrepreneurship or they're in your niche that you want to move into. And then F would be people who it's like, gosh, I haven't talked to her in five years, but I think she used to have a blog and I think I could reach out to her, like give them an F, we'll get to them. And then start with your A players and give yourself some accountability. For me, I leveraged the rule of five. So I would reach out to five people a day, like, hey, Noah, you came to mind. I'm working on this new idea. We'd love to see if we could set up a chat this month or something. And you'll get good momentum if you start with your A players and you have the intention to share your idea and ask for their insights or ask for their connections, your network quickly expands. And you might even not 
have to reach out to that high school friend who might have a blog. You might get your A players to help you out, but it's uh, cognitive dissonance, it's abundance, and it gets you right into focused action to start making these connections and getting feedback. Mm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And, and it's, and it can be fun. I think if, if you're an introvert, I think there's probably a workaround for that. So you can just have it be all uh, digital correspondence, but there's a way you could probably even automate it at some point using some tools, totally. but I love that. I love that. So, okay. What about when it comes to decision-making, this is, this is one of the topics I love covering on the show because really when you think about a dream, a dream is always built on actions. And I love how you, you, preface that in the last statement there, you know, the, the actions you make are what builds the dream, but ultimately the decisions we make are what creates the actions. And so if you have found a decision-making framework or a process that you use in your daily, daily life, um, share a little bit about what that is and, and why it's important to you. I love this topic and I don't talk about it enough. So thank you, because I feel like I have a tumultuous or complicated relationship with decisions. I have like wiring that's very black and white, right? Like either I quit my job or I have to keep my and become a yoga teacher or I can't be a yoga teacher. Like that was definitely like black and white, this or that. And when I started to understand like there's gray, like you could go to noon yoga, right? That game that I played, um, I was able to start making bolder decisions with more confidence. And really what that come, came down to for me that it wasn't black and white. It wasn't, this is forever. Each decision, when I started to see that each decision that I made was like, it's never ending. It's never the decision. It's never the final destination, right? So like when I cho chose to quit my job and move to San Francisco, like the idea is that I'm working for this startup now. But like that decision only led me to make the next decision, which was to like stay in San Francisco and like start my own business and like do health coaching. But then I changed to other types of coaching. And so if you can give yourself this permission to understand that, especially if you're entrepreneurial minded, it's an ongoing evolution. There is no end decision. There is no final decision unless you're watching like Amazing Race or something like the game does end for them. But for us living in real life, it's ongoing. So that's given me a lot of peace in making bold decisions, knowing I can always make another one. Yeah. The other thing that has been really powerful recently is that I've been getting into the study of human design. Are you familiar? The, the name rings a bell, but I could be mixing it up with something. Okay. I was like a psychology major. So all the like Enneagram, Strengths Finder, like all those personality tests are my jam. And I've been playing with human design for a couple of years now. And I recently hired a coach to really dive into my blueprint because the idea is that we all are wired in a certain way. And human design helps us understand how we do things like make decisions. And what I've learned about me, we all have different ways of doing this. So go get a free chart. <laughs> but for me, I have emotional authority and I always felt like that was a bad thing because I either get like really excited or really drained by decisions. And I was like, oh, why is it always like a big deal? Why do I have to like think and feel so much about these decisions? But what I've learned is that with my emotional authority, if I give myself 24 hours and I don't force it, I just say, okay, I'm going to decide whether or not to quit my job in the next 24 hours. And like, 
feel into it, see what comes up. Like that 24 hour time frame has been really helpful for me too, to again, not feel like oh, right now I have to decide and do it, but to give myself space and see what feelings or what ideas arise around that decision. Before I knew that though, if I have one more minute to share a tactical thing here. Before I knew that about myself, I would try on decisions. So I literally like drafted my resignation letter and then waited, I guess like a week to see how that felt at that time. And I played with like the different scenarios of like, okay, I'm gonna hand this to my supervisor. Do I feel excited? Do it, is it a good excitement? Is it a bad excitement? Um, but again, moving from that fear, giving yourself permission to test it out, try it before you like send the email, just like mm -hmm. write it and keep it. And then um, remember that you're always going to be making the next decision anyway. Oh, I love that like trial period of your, of your decision. So you can have a, a, a sort of imaginary um, thought experiment happening and you're just envisioning the, the process and living that process before you actually commit to it. Beautifully said. So, okay, this is where we this is where we wrap it up. And um, you know, final final question from you is really just to ask: How do our listeners support you? How do they find out about all the cool stuff you have going on, and uh, and follow your journey? Yeah, the best way is to just type in "Dream Life is Real Life." It's a positive affirmation. We talked about those; they work. And you can find all things there on my website, dreamlifeisreallife.com. And if you're someone who is starting to get your message out there and you want some help with like, yeah, the social media tool thing is something I want to use. Um, we have a free, free set of templates for those of you who are marketing online. And you can get that at dreamlifeisreallife.com slash freebie and start to see how you can start to share your ideas and get some momentum with that tool that we talked about, social media. <laughs> Epic. Hannah, this has been such an awesome chat. So good to reconnect again. Have fun in Mexico. And uh, I'll be there probably in, in the when it gets cold here in Europe. I'll be there. So beautiful. Thanks, Mel. <laughs> All right. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. And with that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.